0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Thursday, September the 9th, and whenever you are listening to this, uh, wherever you are, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's peace. Uh, I just hope that you are able to experience God's God's nearness and God's presence today, this day, on September the 9th uh, in your life. We celebrate a feast day today, and we're going to talk a little bit about the um, uh, the one we honor, which is Saint Peter Claver, who is uh, quite an incredible young man, uh, and uh, one that we uh, who lived years and years ago, but we can still look at today and say, "Wow, uh, what can I learn from him today?" So we are going to continue through. Uh, Luke chapter 6. Yesterday, again, we took that break for the uh, feast, the feast day of the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Today, we are going to get back into Luke chapter 6. So, specifically, Luke 6, verses 27 to 38, if you'd like to follow along, those are going to be the verses 27 through 38. We're continuing through what is called Luke's sermon on the plain. I'll talk a little bit more about that after we read this. These readings, these uh, verses, these these sayings of Jesus will sound familiar because we've heard them not only in Luke but we hear them in Matthew. Okay, so let's break open God's word together. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples. To you who hear, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. To the person who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other one as well. And from the person who takes your cloak, do not withhold even your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you. And from the one who takes what is yours, do not demand it back do to others as you would have them do to you. For if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. If you lend money to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners and get back the same amount. But rather, love your enemies and do good to them, and lend expecting nothing back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For he himself is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Stop judging, and you will not be judged. Stop condemning, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and gifts will be given to you. A good measure, packed together, shaken down and overflowing, will be poured into your lap. For the measure with which you measure will in return be measured out to you. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. These words are striking, aren't they? Um, Because they strike to the heart of who and how we live our Christianity. My friends, there's no getting around what Jesus says in this gospel, in the Sermon on the Plain or the Sermon on the Mount. The very heart of of what our our spirituality, of what our discipleship of Jesus Christ is to look like, looks like this. So first, let's talk just a, a, a little bit about it. I mentioned that this is Luke's Sermon on the Plain, Uh, Matthew has a Sermon on the Mount. So if you look back to Matthew's Gospel, chapters 5, 6, and 7, Matthew's Sermon on the Mount starts with him going up the mountain. Again, because remember, Matthew is writing to a Jewish audience. Who else went up the mountain to get the law? Well, Moses did. And for Matthew's audience, for Matthew himself as writing it, Jesus, of course, is the new Moses. He supersedes him. So he goes up the mount, and that's where the teaching happens. And the people come around him, and he starts teaching, and he does for the next three chapters. And he will take the law of Moses quite often and say, you have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you, right? Right? So he takes the law, but then he, then he takes it even further. You have heard it said, thou shalt not kill, but I say to you, do not even be angry, right? So Jesus, in Matthew's gospel, is set up as this new Moses, which is why he does that Sermon on the Mount. But it's so beautiful. It's three chapters worth of gorgeous teaching. It's where we get the Lord's Prayer. It's where we get so many things, as I mentioned the Beatitudes, things like that. Well, Luke's gospel is, is set on a plane, which again makes perfect sense if you realize to whom Luke is writing. He's writing to the Gentiles, and, and he's writing to the Gentiles to remind them, no, we're not second-tier citizens to the Jews. The Jews are better, and then it's us. Or, or women, you're not second-tier citizens uh, to, to men. Or, or outsiders, you're not second-tier citizens uh, to, to these people of Roman citizenship, or whoever it is. He's saying we are all in this together. And remember, we started with that on Tuesday, right? That wonderful line where it said, Jesus came down and stood with them on level ground. That's where the Sermon on the Plain comes from because they're on level ground with each other. But this is where we talked about before where I said, remember Luke and Matthew had to have the same source at some level. Not only Mark's gospel was one of their source, but Mark has none of this stuff in it. No, none of the, these teachings. So that is where we say Luke and Matthew must have shared what we call that Q source, because they they come out of that. Both of them take these teachings, although they approach it in a little bit different way. Okay, enough of that, just as setting the stage. So what do we hear? Brothers and sisters, I, 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 there's nothing I can say. That is more powerful than what Jesus said to us. And and if we are going to purport to be followers of Jesus, we can't say, you know what, I'm going to take this part of Jesus, but I'm going to leave this part behind. He was idealistic over there. He didn't really get this part. So I can I can put that off to the side. No, my friends, my love my loved ones, if you and I are going to claim that we are disciples of this one, we got to take it all. And, and yes, that should scare the Dickens out of us. But I will say this, if we are going to be followers of Jesus Christ, it is not for the faint of heart. And a gospel like this reminds us that, right? To you who hear, I say, love your enemies and do good to, the, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. You know it's easy to read these right now when I'm not going through the emotional angst of being cursed, of being hated, uh, of loving my enemies. Because right now it's all in theory. I'm not thinking of anyone particular, or I'm not going through the 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 mill. I'm not going through the grinder. But in the midst of it, when our emotions take over, and I want to I want to strike back. Brothers and sisters, these words ring every bit as true. And, and, you know, I've said this before. Forgive me. I, I just keep coming back to, to these same nuggets because it's all I have. When we are uh, hurt and when we are experiencing pain and when we are experiencing isolation and ostr- ostracized from, from others when we are being cursed and hated, we will do one of two things. We will either take that in and transmit that pain back to others. Okay, that's all I'm gonna do. Um, I, I'm, you're giving me pain, well, I'm gonna give it back to you. Or I'm gonna give it to somebody else. My, my boss at work gave me pain, well, I'm gonna take it home and I'm gonna give it to whoever, be that my spouse, my my children, my dog, whatever it's, it's, I'm going to take that pain and I'm going to transmit it. And that's not the way of Christ, by the way, of course, but it's just the way of being human. I'm going to either do that or I'm going to transform that pain. I'm going to allow Christ because truth be told, I cannot do that. Maybe you can do that on your own, but I don't think you can either. I'm going to transform that pain. That's what Jesus is inviting us to be, brothers and sisters, is transformed. I was reading something this morning. Uh, and I love it. You know, it talked about uh, difficulties. You know, and it used Psalm 23. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for You're with me, with Your rod and staff that give me comfort. And it talks about how, you know, Christ is with us in our pain, and and He hears us in the midst of it. He hears our prayers of 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 saying, Lord, take me out of this pain. You know, and 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 He could do that. But then if he does that and he answers that prayer in that way, then we're really back right where we are now as these people without pain. But, he, but if he walks with us in the midst of that pain, in the midst of this hurt, in the midst of being cursed, then we learn from him different ways to, to handle that, different tools to, uh, to, to move through it. And we go through it and we are transformed on the other side of that. We become new people because of that. And isn't that a better answer to prayer than simply being who we are now? Brothers and sisters, isn't that what we what what we're invited to? I think that, brothers and sisters, is is what Jesus is is inviting us to here. Listen. The human construct is knowing that there are going to be enemies, knowing that there are going to be people that oppose us, knowing that there will be people that strike us, that take a cloak, who ask for things and don't give it back. All these are real and all these are true. But how do we deal with them when they come our way? And my friends, I love that image after Jesus talks about all these things, after he he reminds us what our call looks like and what we're, we're saying yes to at the altar. I mean, holy smokes. He reminds us who he is. You know, he says this, but rather love your enemies and do good to them. So we know that. It's kind of is an extension of what we heard earlier. And lend expecting nothing back for you. For your reward will be great in heaven, and you will be children of the Most High. For he himself, God, God's self, is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Isn't that so good? First of all, for us to be icons, when on our better days, and, and brothers and sisters, I cannot transform myself, as I said earlier. Um, this has got to be the work of God. I simply have to say, Lord, I can't do it. You have to open me, um, and, and, and you have to act through me. But the beautiful part is it is we become icons for other people out there of what that walk with Jesus Christ looks like and and what it means to be separate and distinct from everybody else in our world who is wanting to transmit that pain rather than transform it because it's got to be God. What will we look like? We'll look like children of the Most High because we're acting differently. Because if we act the same as everybody else out there, brothers and sisters, I... Can we really call ourselves followers of Christ who invites us to to these deep waters? And these are deep waters. You know that. I know that. For God himself is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. You know, Matthew uses that uh, same image and says he causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust, the sun to shine on the good and bad alike. For God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Are we? And so, therefore, he says, be merciful just as your Father is merciful. You know, and I used this when we talked about Matthew. Matthew conveys it this way. Be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. Ah, oh, that, that to me seems too distant. I can never reach that bar. But this one? Be merciful just as your Father is merciful? Yeah, that one. That one I think I can I can not necessarily reach. But at least I can see, it's in my zip code. I I can I can move toward that. Stop judging and you will not be judged. I I, I want to say this again. Stop judging, you will not be judged. Stop condemning and you will not be condemned. Forgiven, you will be forgiven. Give and give will be given to you a good measure, packed together, shaken down, overflowing, will be poured into your lap. For the measure with which you measure will return, be measured out to you. Why? Because is God reactive? Is God watching us and saying, okay, if you forgive, then I'm going to forgive you. If you if you stop judging, okay, then I'm not going to judge you either. Brothers and sisters, I don't think that's true at all. Now Again, God's bigger than me and God can do what God needs to do. But I don't think God is reactive to us. I think Jesus is simply pointing out, if you put yourself in the prison of judging, well, of course you're going to judge yourself because that's the lens through which you see the world. And you're also going to see yourself that way. And if you put yourself in the prison, the cell of condemning others, that's the lens through which you see the world. Of course you're going to see yourself through that same lens. And if you put yourself in that that prison of unforgiveness, everybody else cannot be forgiven, of course, you're going to judge yourself in that same way. Because the measure with which you measure other people, you're going to measure yourself the same way. We put ourselves in a prison of our own making. Again, in a different (laughs) uh, book this morning that I was reading and, and praying with, um, It's it's again. I've used it before. I think I've I've called it there. I've named it uh, to you before. Called God calling. My mother, father gave that to me years ago. Um, It's it's set up in God speaking to us, and and what this these these authors uh, again God through these authors were saying is, remember that the the most important missionary field the great field that you need to work with first and foremost, is yourself, is yourself because brothers and sisters if we don't till that field if we don't look within ourselves and say how am i viewing the world what am i doing and, and and carrying out how do i clean that lens if i don't look at those things i've got very little to offer the world because in a sense all i'm offering them is is my agendas and my my dirty laundry it's my baggage and it may be dressed up well and i may have good intentions with it but it's still covering my baggage. It's still covering my stuff. Brothers and sisters, I think, I think what that, that work said this morning, that book said to me is totally true. That first great mission field is my own heart, my own actions, my own intentions, my own, my own uh, lens, my own thoughts. What's going on there? How can God come? How can I give it over to God every day, every moment if I can? To allow him to scrub it and make it new. Yeah. That's that's it, first and foremost. St. Peter Claver. Um, First of all, I'll just say this. He deserves far more than I can give. And and others know far more about him. But St. Peter Claver was born in Spain. He was born into a rich, noble family of African descent. So he had African American, well, not African American. That's he had African blood flowing through him, um, and uh, and was black. Well, born in Spain, and uh, and again family of nobility. But at the age of thirty, he uh, uh, took a, a boat, presumably, unless he was a really good swimmer. Took a boat over to Cartagena. Cartagena was not only the capital of Colombia at the time, and still is, but it was the center of the slave trade, which had been established for well over 100 years by that point. Um, Not all, but many, and and I'll say most, the majority of all the slaves coming over from West Africa uh, came into Cartagena. And his mission was, I won't say solely, but almost exclusively, Uh, ministering to those black slaves as they came over. I mean, the the conditions with which that Atlantic travel happened was, was, I think, unimaginable to you and I. I, I. I don't even want to put myself in that situation. And what he would do is when those ships docked in the harbor at Cartagena, he would go aboard them. And he would go down into the belly of that beast, into where those slaves were held, and and minister to them. And when I say minister, I'm not saying just saying, hey, let me tell you about Jesus Christ. He was saying, let me let me love you. Let me notice you. Let me let me wash you. Let me let me give you medicine. Let me let me simply see who you are, and love you in this place of of hell. Let me go into hell with you. Right? We say that in the uh, in the Apostles' Creed that Jesus descended into hell. Peter Claver descended into hell every time he went into the hold of a ship and, and treated those people with dignity. And then when they came back out um, and they were put in these, uh, these holding pens, I'll say, uh, for people to go by before they made bids on them. Uh, he would go into those again as well and help clean them up, speak to them, spoke of Jesus Christ to them, would bring medicines to them, would bring bread to them and feed them, uh, would, would uh, you know, just, again, be present to whatever their needs were at the time, most of all, which was uh, a dignity, because they just went through what, what may be the most undignified uh, thing that, that happened to people in the last, you know, 500 years. Uh, and uh, and 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 in a sense became family for them who were ripped from their family. He called himself a slave of the slaves. And while yes, uh, there are those who criticize uh, Peter Claver because he did not um, do or take action to stop the slave trade. That's the justice hand, and that's one of them. We need that justice hand. But the charitable hand, the love hand, the the hand uh, that that ministers to those people right there in front of us, that's also one. It's both hand. And so while we can look back, I'm not going to look back in judgment at that. That's part of it. And, and, And you know what? Let's hope there are those people out there who are doing the same thing today in those places of justice. And race is most definitely one. But there are a whole lot of other ones that we gotta deal with. And and not instead. I mean both and that we've got to to look at issues of justice for our LGBTQ people, our our, you know, uh, people of color, of 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 you know, gender, of of uh, you know, environment, of of whatever it is. We've gotta be people of justice. But that doesn't exclude us from being people of charity as well, who simply notice and give the dignity to those who walk in those situations. That's what Peter Claver did. And again, that's why I think we have so much we can learn from him. Uh, At age 30, he left uh, a life of ease. He was a Jesuit, by the way. He left a life of of nobility. He left a life of, of knowing people and community and went over and descended into hell and stayed there the rest of his life. And he died there. And, uh, and i think he absolutely can be uh, a patron saint for so much of what is yet going on in the world um, let's pray shall we okay my friends uh again whatever's going on in your life in your heart in your uh in your in your experience today let's just bring that and put that uh, before our blessed mother today knowing she knows exactly where to put it in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The fourth luminous mystery, the transfiguration. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Oh, my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. St. Peter Claver, pray for us. My friends, God's blessings on the rest of this Thursday, and whatever you have coming up this week. I look forward to us breaking open more of God's word together again soon. God's peace.